0: Section 5 of the Roosevelt Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Roosevelt-Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission by Candido Mariano da Silva-Rondon. Translation by Richard George Reedy and Edwin Douglas Murray. First Lecture, Part 4 finally we broke camp on the thirteenth and proceeded on to Tapirapoen near the sepotuba which was opened in nineteen o eight by the telegraph line commission for the purpose of providing the necessary facilities for the supplies required for their work in the chapadeo dos parises parisi highlands to a point far beyond the river juruena and the serra do Norte. We arrived at that place shortly before noon on the 16th of January, and the attendants laid their hands immediately to the preparation of the baggage and pack-mules which were to follow with the expedition into the forest wilds it became necessary to subdivide the baggage of several of the cases belonging to the american commission in order to pack it in volumes of a weight more in proportion with the strength which can be expected of animals about to travel more than six hundred kilometers across very poor pasture land i had managed to bring together at Tapirapoen for the purposes of transportation one hundred and ten pack mules and seventy pack oxen The organization and expedition of the various lots of this baggage train, with a cargo of three hundred and sixty large packages, besides many other smaller ones, took five days of incessant toil. Meanwhile the naturalists were increasing their zoological collections by the acquisition of fresh specimens, some of which were obtained by Mr. Roosevelt and Mr. Kermit themselves certain measures counselled by the opportunity arising from the actual circumstances were also adopted in view of accelerating the march of the expedition according to the expressed wish of mr roosevelt we formed parties which were to advance separately across the wilderness until they met again at the station called jose bonifacio the first of these which was under the lead of the ex-president of the united states assisted by myself was to proceed along the road constructed for assuring the supplies of the telegraph lines commission and to pass by utiarity the other directed by my assistant captain Amelcar de Magalhães, would take a more direct course by the headwaters of the river verde sacre papagayo Buriti, and sayuina in order to arrive at the juruena in time to proceed thenceforward at least twenty-four hours in advance of the first party in this way mr roosevelt would not undergo the disappointment of having his march hampered by some drawback on the road inasmuch as it would already have been removed by captain Amilcar, who had undertaken to repair and render the bridges and crossings passable finally at one o'clock in the afternoon on the twenty first of january the order was given and we of the first party of the expedition mounted and left for directing our course towards a place called salto still on the river sepotuba we arrived there at four p m after travelling twenty seven kilometres set our camp and enjoyed the first sensations of the wandering and uncertain life of forest travellers so toilsome and full of unforeseen impediments so exacting of prompt and energetic initiative so incompatible with lack of determination and courage and so much opposed to comfort calmness and the regularity of our civilized life which must pass and run placidly and comfortably protected against all frailties in order to be able to spring out in the exuberant and beautiful fluorescence of poetry science and industry nevertheless we used our best endeavours to secure for our guest special comfort never however before seen here or on similar occasions i had included two camp chairs among the packages of our urgency baggage for the personal use of our guest and father Zam, When he discovered this, Mr. Roosevelt positively declared to me that as long as he was in the wilderness he would accept nothing and do nothing that might have an appearance of special attention to his person, and, consequently, just as he saw me sit, so would he sit himself. I had to give in, inasmuch as I was loath to deprive myself of the pleasure of seeing my ingenuity carried out, and, consequently, I increased the number of chairs to three for this reason when we were at our meals hurriedly arranged by our cook who was full of good intentions but insensible to the glories and to the remorse of a vatel, we had our dishes displayed on two raw hides which covered the ground on a level with our feet around the hides the remaining guests squatted in the yido and tokyo fashion some with a certain amount of elegance and others in a very clumsy posture but they honored our table with that joviality which can only be prepared by the exercise of long marches in the open breathing the fresh and oxygenated air of the virgin forests and drinking from the running waters of the rivers that flow under the foliage of secular trees from our camp at salto we proceeded the following morning on our march into the forest on the twenty third we passed through aldea Queimada, where i received a petition for the discharge of dr fernando soledad lieutenant luis thomas Ries, and the botanist honi members of the brazilian commission who came with the party under my devoted and most diligent assistant captain amalcar de Magalhaes. i granted these discharges two days later we camped at the head of the river mandioca a name which was given to it by the first rubber tappers from the river sacre to recall to people's minds that there they had found the mandioca plantations of a village of parisi indians whose assistance had been indispensable to enable them to maintain themselves in the forests in this camp we were overtaken by the motor wagons in the service of the telegraph lines commission which came from tapirapan and were leaving for Utiariti, loaded with baggage belonging to the expedition father zam then got the idea of making use of this means of transport which to him appeared less tiresome than the trot of the animal on which he was mounted Having agreed on this point he left early morning on the motor wagon for Utiariti accompanied by his attendant Jacob Sig the naturalist George Cherry and Leo Miller whose work of collecting birds and mammals was in fact hampered by the marches which were commenced at dawn and continued until sunset whilst in camp mr roosevelt always set aside a certain portion of his time to organize the book which he published later relative to his voyage across the brazilian wilderness at first and in order to designate these works as a whole he decided upon the title colonel roosevelt's south american expedition for the museum of natural history of north america later on however he decided to change this title and use that of the roosevelt rondon scientific expedition adopted by the brazilian government while still in camp on the twenty seventh he wrote out the pages in which he explains the reasons which prompted him to adopt this change of title and followed this up with other considerations in regard to the nature and the purposes of the expedition with the intention of guarding himself against future comment and more or less malevolent interpretations on the morning of the twenty ninth after having followed from aldea queimada the automobile road opened northwards between the river verde and the river sangue we took the route cut out for the telegraph line which we were not to abandon again until the moment when we should take to the dugouts on the river Duvida. We commence to meet groups of Paresi Indians who are being employed since the last five years in the services of the maintenance of the lines, and on that afternoon we reach the river Sacre, otherwise called Timilatia, at the spot where, with a width of one hundred and thirty meters it falls from a height of forty meters and forms the marvellous Salto Bello, the power capacity of which is rated at thirty thousand HP under the direction of a telegraph clerk the indians had already prepared the camp which we were to occupy and had pitched our tents on one side of the road and erected two flagstaffs with the brazilian and american ensigns facing the camp were the huts of the parisi village and behind these the falls could be seen We went up closer to admire them. Mr. Roosevelt talked enthusiastically of the natural beauty which was accumulated there, and, with the penetrating insight of an accomplished and true statesman in referring to the future, he took pleasure in figuring the wonderful picture into which the industry of man would shape this piece of our country. As soon as we shall be disposed to benefit of the facilities afforded by its healthy and mild climate, by its fertile lands, suitable for any sort of cultivation by its means of river communication which render it accessible from paraguay from the amazon and from the madeira and by utilizing the almost unlimited hydraulic power capable of moving in numerous factories and operating electric railways which can be laid out with almost no trouble whatever over level ground towards Cuyaba and other centres of commerce or interchange with the rest of the world we returned to the village mr roosevelt was detained in observing with much interest the domestic implements of the indians the gourds which served them for water-pots the pans placed on the fire inside the huts now built after our methods with their ridges and two falls some completely open others having walls made out of palm leaves their hammocks serving for the slumber of adults and infants the cloths made by the women and baskets balls of cotton yarn all mixed up with axes machetes hose clothes and other articles of our manufacture which are now being used by these poor people he also took good notice of their habits the women always on the move and occupied now with their children whom they tend with the utmost patience carrying them about in large sash slings which they pass around their bodies from one shoulder to the opposite hip now weaving their hammocks and loin cloths tangas then attending to the cooking or carrying large baskets full of maize manioc or other products from their plantations but they are never without their spindles which are incessantly rotating as soon as they find a moment however short between two occupations leaving their hands free one of which to hold aloft the yarn and the other to cause the small restless device to rotate but of all that mr roosevelt saw nothing caused him so much pleasure as the games which the Parisis play on a large beaten plot of ground where they divide themselves into two teams to thrust receive and return by means of their heads only a large inflated india rubber ball already in 1911 in the public lectures which i delivered at the monroe palace under the auspices of the geographical society i referred to this game which the parisians call matiana ariti and i showed the process which they use in the manufacture of the ball from the latex of the mangabiera tree whilst referring to this game under the name of head ball and describing it in his book through the brazilian wilderness mr roosevelt confirms the opinion which i gave in 1911 that the matiana ariti is an autochtone institution of this tribe and he adds that he had never heard of or read anything that might give reason to believe that a similar practice existed among any other people of the world with regard to this last part of his opinion i can say that the nambicaras and the kepekiri uats also know this game and play it however as they play same less proficiently than the parises i maintain my supposition that the latter are its real inventors the others may have adopted it out of a spirit of imitation, which, moreover, is quite easy to explain in view of the fact that the territory of these Indian nations is adjoining. End of section five.